0: Everyone is a star child, made of stardust and the infinite potential of the universe. This extraordinary fearless something in each of us clamors for freedom from the bonds of fear, conformity, and an ordinary life. Welcome to Dr. Durr's Living in the Sweet Spot, where practical tools and solutions from the intersection of mind-body medicine science, and spiritual well-being awaken and empower you to live out your infinite potential to live life in the sweet spot. We tell our stories in order to share who we are, our, our, our hopes, our dreams, our triumphs, our tragedies, and to share our humanity. But what happens when that narrative gets hijacked, gets turned upside down on its head, and we're made to be inferior, inadequate, not up to it, don't have what it takes, and and frankly, not a part of this society. Joining me today to have this conversation is Dr. Obari Cartman, and welcome back to the to the to the show dr ovari
1: thanks for having me
0: so it is it is always a pleasure and i know that this conversation is um very much a part of the work that you do and with this being black Mm -hmm. history month i know it actually got my attention because i know that you are actually uh doing a program talking about this 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 very topic Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Yeah, So, you know, I thought it would be um, it it would be a wonderful idea, again, to talk about, you know, how do we how do we reframe our our narrative, our story? Right. So that it's an it's an empowering black history narrative that fuels our mental health instead Mm -hmm. of the, the. the, the pain and the struggles that we feel around what our history in this country has been and how that in that way we feel diminished and mm-hmm. like we don't have value, don't have meaning, don't have purpose. So how how we how reframe that that narrative. So we do see uh, the beauty and the power and the brilliance of who we are as as African-American people. Um, You know in in our own humanity and and who have a great deal to contribute for sure
1: yeah um and and i'll start with this that the point is to be able to tell the complex truths about what has happened to us about our history here in this country and it's a complicated history and you know, there's lots of uh, ebb and flow up and down, lots of really rich dynamics. And so I don't advocate for romanticizing the story. Um, it is not my intent to create folklore and mythology about who we are, or nor is it my intention to negate the struggle or the ugly parts of our history. Um, I still think with with that in mind, there's still a way, that there's still a way to be able to have the complex, rich, honest discussions about who we are and tell the stories about our history in ways that make us still feel proud and whole and not deficient and not less than. Um, And I think that there has to be intention. I think we have to deliberately craft stories and highlight aspects of those stories that we have an outcome for. like, So it's not just to tell a story, just to tell a story, not just to be provocative, not just to regurgitate what we heard from our parents or from the schools, but to really think through what stories do we highlight, what is the frame, the perspective of that story, and what is the intended outcome of the receiver of that story. And if we think through those pieces, I think that we could really use Black History Month and Black History Period as a way to elevate us and And if we don't, I think there's a danger in having our history or the telling of our history in particular ways bring us down and disconnect us from our ancestors who experienced those stories, who we might feel a sense of shame about. If the story is just we keep losing over and over again or Mm -hmm. embarrassment about if the story is just yes or no, sir, master, if Mm -hmm. the story is just a, a trauma, then it makes the listener, if we're talking about the young folk, right? They, it's easy to tune that out. Um, Maybe even Mm -hmm. healthy. If the frame is just trauma over and over again, it might even be good for them to be like, okay, no, I got it, that's enough of that. Um, But there's aspects of even the struggle that I think can be highlighted to make the listener feel good about themselves and be connected to us and ways to also tell parts of the story and highlight other parts of the story that are often omitted about resilience, resistance, about liberation, about the, the the power. So it's a power analysis for me. How do we tell a story where we focus on the power of Blackness and then have our listener hear a story and leave away feeling more, more powerful because they heard that story? I think that has to be very, very intentional. So I absolutely
0: love what you said. And um, I think that to to focus on the the in the empowerment, the power, the resilience of, of our history and of our people um, is 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 absolutely the best thing for us to do, the healing thing for us to do, uh, because obviously everybody is you know everybody's had some difficulty, some adversity, trauma. Many of us. So again, it's it's the As you well know, um, as a psychologist, there's the what happens to you, but there's how do you assign meaning to Mm -hmm. it that either is helpful to you or or harmful to you. So, for those folks, so let me say what so, for those folks who may not. Let me say
1: something about that, though. I think that people hear that and think that we're suggesting twist the story around and make it pretty, put bows on the thing that's ugly. And if it's gross, if it's ugly, if it's disgusting, then that is what it is. And we should tell the story in that way. And I think that people think that we're saying, ignore those parts or pretty it up. And, and, and that's not what I hear you saying. That's not, and certainly it's not what I'm saying, but I want to deal no. with that. So, so, that we, so we're clear about what we're saying around meaning making and the truth being a part of the same intention
0: yeah uh, agreed absolutely I'm I'm not saying um put lipstick on a pig mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm saying <laughs> you know just keeping it real I yeah. am not I'm saying that um that whatever happened happened you know yeah. us us forcibly removed from Africa and brought here against our will and enslaved as a people and turned into a commodity for generations where uh, chattel slavery chattel slavery here and you have 400,000 enslaved people who were grown into four million enslaved people nowhere else did that happen uh, nowhere and so and where you also, how is is is, is uh, it's a folks and it really got my attention is in the remake of roots uh the overseer says um you know how do you how do you make a slave uh how, you know how do you get a slave and he says you can't you can't buy a slave you got to make a slave and mm-hmm. that involves the stripping of one's identity and culture and name your name is what i say it is and if you use the name in the language that is of of your 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 history your culture your identity then you get punished so you strip a person of their their name their language their music their culture um their drums and then you say you are who i say you are you are you do what i say you can do and you strip them of their humanity in saying that you're inferior, you're three fifths of a human. And so therefore I'm entitled to do to you whatever inhumane, barbaric behaviors that I want to do to you. So in that story, that's the story of what happened. What I'm saying is what affects me because i remember having the same feeling and struggle which was you know you hear the stories about you know our enslavement and it's painful right but at some point i was like you know what i'm I'm tired of feeling you know guilt or some shame about somebody else's behavior towards us Mm -hmm. so so that's what I mean when you change the perspective. The, the perspective is, I don't have anything to feel guilty or ashamed about. about. It was not my behavior towards me or our people. The, it was someone else's, else's behavior. So that's what I mean in terms of reframing the story. Uh, there's nothing wrong with me that I have to feel guilty or ashamed of because it was somebody else who mistreated us. It was somebody else who did those things to us. And by changing the perspective, my, my perspective of what happened, I change how I feel about me and I change how I feel about, um, you know, my possibilities. So mm-hmm. before, before, before you go ahead and, and comment on that, I just I want for those folks who have heard, you know, uh, our conversation from season one. Um, I want to remind those for those folks who 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 are not familiar familiar excuse me with the um with the amazing dr obari Cartman I want to share with them you know who you are so Dr Cartman is a father son brother uncle thinker writer therapist photographer drummer and grassroots mental health advocate um, he was the previous president of the Chicago Association of Black psychologist, and he created, he recently created a male's rite of passage curriculum called Manifest that is being implemented in juvenile detention centers, schools, and other community settings. As a consultant, Dr. Cartman facilitates trainings for adults and and youths, uh, facilitates those workshops about maintaining good mental health, critical analysis of hip-hop and media, racial and cultural identity, Developing Authentic Manhood and Healthy Relationships. Dr. Cartman is currently completing his second book about um, black spirituality and it's titled, Black Spirituality, A Practical Application of Ancient Wisdom, which will be released this year. And also I may add, of course you are um, the recipient of several awards for um, the amazing level of service and and wisdom and commitment um, to us as a community and to us as a people and to you know to uplift and empower and and educate us frankly about um, you know our our own sacredness and 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 unique wonderfulness. So well, again, welcome, welcome back so, uh, to the to the show and, and having this conversation.
1: Thank you very very much.
0: Oh, you are all you are always welcome. So, um, we were talking about, um, you know, the story is the story. Um, framing it in a way not so that it appears that we are saying that um, that we putting lipstick on a pig. <laughs> Keeping it real. <laughs> But in a way that um, I say fuels our mental health, right? That creates mm-hmm. that creates uh, health in both um, our thinking um, and so what I call mental wealth or transformative thinking that creates those healthy uh, that positive self worth mm-hmm. and, and and possibility and potential. But also in doing so, my 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 also my emotions because those thoughts and emotions create chemicals that are released in the body and over time if that those chemicals are pretty much the same and the same levels yeah depend upon what we think and feel they either create health or they create illness and so you were talking about um um, a framework that involved three the three steps so let's go ahead and, and and get into that some more
1: okay Um, I'm going to go back to the description of slavery you just gave. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a very common, clear analysis about what happened to us. Um, But as you were talking, there were points that I wanted to come back to, even as we describe in the most simple ways what happened, like the story is a story, that's what happened. Um, And I think that there are layers and dynamics and even the way we typically tell the story similar to how you did mm-hmm. that i just i just think that we could do a little bit of wrestling with to help us tell that story the what happened mm-hmm. in a way that leaves people with a, a really sophisticated understanding of it Nuance. that, that, that Nuance. leaves us feeling more powerful so the Absolutely. point, the whole point is power. The whole point is power. My 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 whole goal is to say Black History Month should be a, a moment when we leave the month having more people feel more powerful and more connected and more, uh, more proud of being who we are than than in January. Right. So that's my goal. So even so the story so, so you told. Can
0: I, you, can I get you to clarify something? Um, because I know you know some folks have difficulty and feel uncomfortable. With the word power, and I know mm-hmm. how I use the word power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm you know pretty sure I have a pretty good idea about how you were used the word power, but so that that folks are not left to misinterpret what you mean in the in, yeah. in by the use of the word power. What no, what, that's important. What it I, means so what is it for to do what? So let with? me
1: go back a little bit to my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised in which you would consider to be African-centered, Afrocentric houses, communities, where we played drums, we celebrated Kwanzaa's. I went to a private school where we were learning about Marcus Garvey, um, sort mm-hmm. of that thing that carried. My, my parents picked my name out of a book of African names and the whole time ever since then, have been trying to instill in their family a sense that Africa has its own philosophy and worldview and cultural value system. And so I, re- I was raised in that community. Um, and so the words I use are reflection of the value system that comes out of that community, that perspective. Um, and so from an American or Western perspective, I, I, I do agree that the word power could be interpreted as power over or domination or aggression. Um, but from an African-centered point of view, when we think about the self, we think about interdependence. When we think about the value systems that guide us, we think about communalism. Uh, we think about interdependence. Uh, we think about um, spirituality. We think about harmony versus competition. So, there's a whole different way of being in the world that most people on the planet have, you know, indigenous roots that connect to a value system that speaks to harmony, collectivism, uh, cooperation. And so, there's a unique moment when a European ideology that focuses on hierarchies and domination and individualism and separation. Um, Those kind of things that are at the root, at the the, the foundation of many of the societies that are now in power, um, that have a Eurocentric framework, that those things are a construction, a distortion of what it means to be human in ways that um, my work, my philosophy very much rejects and finds a different home in a different value system. And so when I say power, I don't mean domination. I don't mean power over. I don't mean hierarchies. I mean the ability to express a even a, a divine inspiration, a a, um, a God-given gift, talent, vision, and instruction, and the ability to be able to manifest that, to be able to express that. Uh, it's more about agency. Um, it's more about even the planning and the execution of ideas happens in consideration of community. Um, there's sort of a, I am because we are philosophy. And so the power is in the relationships. The power is in the family, in the community, um, but it's not an individual power over others. And there's a power in culture. There's a power in healing, a power in, in the, the medicines. Um, there's a power in being able to Take nothing and create something from that. Uh, there's ingenuity. There's uh, creativity. There's power in being able to innovate. Um, so those are the things that are are powerful things to me. Um, mm-hmm. Just being able to express the, the the purpose and the meaning that you're intended, that you're created for, and to be able to collaborate with other people to make sure that everyone has what they need and and more. Right, abundance. Um, to the, the idea of Scarcity creates competition, but the idea that we are in a abundant world an abundant universe means that we can collaborate and could share, and that we are all power, more powerful together when we are expressing our individual God-given talents and, and, and passions. But when we come together to do that with intention, then there's a power beyond that that we could, can't even sort of even imagine. That it gets exercised, that has application that shows up in ways that continues to re evolve. Um, and so power for me is that power for me is is black people being able to have a, a destiny and an intention on this planet that gets thwarted. There's there's opposition against that. And we're talking about well, slavery is one of those things, but you know, we're talking 2024 versions of enslavement and mass incarceration and a systemic disinvestment of neighborhoods and distortion of information, that all is an attempt to hold the, the, the structural economic power in place and quell the innate natural divine power of, of the melanated people on this planet, um, the indigenous people, the descendants of the first peoples, um, that we have a, a, a power in our humility and our connection to the earth and to the divine that those who have the physical structural power and, and that's really just a, an illusion of being able to control and manipulate that those people are afraid of the mm-hmm. power of the, the parents of the planet um so what we're talking about in terms of slavery and and every institution since then i've the lost, lost you
0: there for a second
1: you said they're afraid of um, I don't know, I'm just talking. The expression of the power, us tapping into that power yeah. because it would disrupt the social, economic, political order that they have fought and used so much violence to establish for themselves. Um, and so slavery is a part of that. So when I think about slavery, it's a part of that. Um, the thing that I struggle with in the story of slavery and how we tell it, uh, chattel slavery, the translated slave trade, African uh, human trafficking form of slavery is... And I kind of grew up with this in my mind. I kind of grew up with like Europeans snuck into Africa in the middle of the night and kidnapped (laughs) millions of Africans, right? Um, And so when you grow up and you study it and you look at it like that just cannot be true. It can't be. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that story, that story of the Africans as victims of Mm -hmm. a sort of conniving, maniacal, powerful European um, without being able to really wrestle with that, I think the questions that people have are, how were they able to do that? And that, that, that's the question that I, I developed as, a, as more as an adult. Like, I uh-huh. get what they did, and we tell a story about what they did to us, but, like, what gave them the power to do that? What what uh-huh. made them, and without explanation, you kind of just leave them as superior, right? The The, the myth of white superiority gets maintained through the telling of a story where we are for generations victims of the advanced military might or the technological wisdom, or the even the, the maniacal ingenuity of a European still makes them more powerful than us if they were able to accomplish trafficking millions of people, turning them into even more millions of people to the diaspora of the, the this part of the world. Um, So the part that I think that we're starting to wrestle with that is one of those complicated dynamics is the ways in which we participated. Um, And I think it's, and I think that we can tell, talk about that part of the story, talk about a European going to the continent of Africa, bargaining with the royalty, Mm -hmm. uh, those in power and making deals on behalf of what an African might've thought benefited them by exchanging bodies for fur, for bullets, for mm-hmm. trinkets, right. So that part of the story is, a, is is it's an uglier part of the story and it makes us complicit in ways, at least as participants and we say that we didn't know what we were you know selling us each other into and um, there's also another analysis that talks about us putting a umbrella of African onto a continent of people that did not have that ideology, that they were just as different from each other as we are from white people or from the, the whatever the, the countries that get carved up, um, that the, the, the tribal differences meant that they weren't selling their brothers into slavery, they were selling their enemies into slavery. And so the construction of the divisions of people allowed for participation in and in, in a, in a, um, a delivering of people to another people that it's hard to even imagine from the lens of our present day language. Um, but all of it makes it more complicated, but I think mm-hmm. leaves us in a position of power, even as participants, right? I think that we're even more powerful as participants, that we sold ourselves, we contributed to this. It, 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 it That by itself makes the European less untouchable. It makes the European taking advantage of a human nature that allowed us to become traitors to ourselves, where we have self-sabotaged and put ourselves in position that we could take ourselves out of, if we saw ourselves as powerful enough to do it. But when we tell the story that we are weak and we victims and we that this happened to us and they, uh, even stuff around like them stripping our names, like they they did, or maybe they attempted to, right? It was certainly a part of the strategy is to try to dehumanize the people. Um, mm-hmm. i think that what they did was dehumanize themselves and that we maintained our humanity um because i'm still drumming i still <laughs> love my culture like d- despite every attempt that they could have thrown at us any all the the, the torture all the violence all the, the the scheming all the manipulation it did not stop you from going to the african fest and buying a cowrie shell necklace mm-hmm. and locking your hair it didn't stop me from having a uh, 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 Yoruba Aleke on going through initiations into African spiritual systems and writing books about it. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't dehumanize us. It, did, it didn't strip our names or our drums away. They tried, and it was a part of the strategy. But we won, and as as evidenced by this conversation that we have in, so that that frame makes me feel more powerful. That frame makes me feel like our ancestors figured some things out. They may have strategized in a moment to use a name, but then they still had their own rituals and ceremonies in the back harbors and the ring shouts, and and, and they hid it underneath the the theology of the time. They they knew they had to survive so that one day we could be born and exercise and express a fuller version of who we are. Um, But there was a power in what they had to do to maintain whatever they did to make it so that I'm still here and that there's communities of us that are still here doing this. Um, and we gotta tell the story in that way, right? I think that's a different frame and a different perspective that leaves us feeling like we weren't just like losing over and over again, that we won in a different kind of way, despite an attempt of an enemy to try to take everything from us. And you know, we there's harms, there's damages. We, we have wounds for sure. There's things that, that, that we lost, but we didn't lose everything. And then we can lean on what we kept and look at the ways in which our drums maintain themselves in tap dance, the ways that our uh, uh, our spiritual systems found their way through the Pentecostal church. that so we can still find ways to see the Africans still in us, even if we don't call it that, that there's a power in the transmission of culture in that way that leaves us the, the, the person hearing that story more likely to, to, to lean in, to study more. Right now people are like, I'm tired of slave movies. I don't wanna hear nothing about slavery no more. And that's not because slavery wasn't right, it was a terrible institution. But if we can look at this that institution and find the ways that we fought every time that every every step of the way, that there were those of us that were like, nah, we ain't doing this, I ain't going, and tell those stories. Then people mm-hmm. were like, Oh, I, I would love to see a slave movie if the slave movie is about us winning or at least fighting. Yeah. Uh, but if the slave movie is just getting lynched and saying yes, some master no some master and having a head down and humming and singing, if they're like nobody want to see that because that part that's not that's not even the, the the truth of what was happening in totality that's a part of it um, but there are other parts of it right and then we had traders, and we had people that you know what I'm saying were black overseers all those are complicated parts of the story but the larger story is of here we are and yet here we are and and we also, i was like, and of
0: course we also had african-american folks in this country who owned slaves so that's sure. another part of the, the 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 complicated story. So um let's go ahead and take a break right here and then we come back, we will, we will pick up um about because I, I think the 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 way you um you frame this about that it empowers us and our own choice and decision making as being part of the process um, is something that I really love. So let's take a break and then we'll be right back. Okay. Heaven abounds in you, enlightens, uplifts, inspires, and invites you to live a life that's engaged, joyous, and limitless. The sweet spot of life. Take this journey in oneness. We are and have all that God, the infinite creative source of the universe is. You are infinite potentiality, and the kingdom of heaven is within you. Heaven abounds in you. Hi, I'm Dr. Balan A. Durr, and joining me today on Dr. Durr's Living in the Sweet Spot is my guest, Dr. Obari Cartman. And before the, the, before the break, we were talking about how reframing our story enables us to um, assume our power in our experiences. And then also, again, to, to, to I would say, take responsibility for yeah. our participation in creating our experiences that we're not just a victim. And, um, and then how, of course, that empowers us not only to reframe the, the, the story or the narrative, but also at the end empowers us to uh, do some things differently. And, mm-hmm. you know, one, one of the things that, that I would say, and you, and you actually brought this up was that how many people actually do know about the fact that again, when white Europeans came to Africa, you know, they didn't just they didn't just walk up into the interiors uh, of the mm-hmm. continent. They didn't just grab people on their own, right? right. What they did was, as you pointed out, it, it it also to me speaks to again what you hear even now about African people. I mean, African people they're not a monolith, just like African American people are not a monolith. The mm-hmm. fact that they considered themselves as um, separate and different. Um, and you, and one of the things I remember watching the movie, The Woman King, in the Kingdom of the Homie, mm-hmm. obviously there's this this uh, conversation between the king and between the general, with her saying to him, you know that we at one point are saying to him we weaken ourselves by selling off our people, right? Yeah. There is there is, you know, at some point. When you again, you mentioned, and that's how they thought of it. This was, you know, uh, folks that we gained in the process of, as you know, mm-hmm. the spoils of war. They're right. our enemy. So right. again, it's seen as separate and different. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: You the other, right? You the enemy. You not me. You are mm-hmm. not mine. And mm-hmm. so, again, how do I benefit? But again, it's also a different. It's also a different system of a different system of slavery. Yeah. So. I think, again, to your point, there is um, the benefit of, again, saying I'm not completely a victim here, right? Mm -hmm. And because Mm -hmm. I'm not completely a victim here, what was my, and I say my, in terms of our role Mm -hmm. in what happened to us? Not from mm-hmm. a place of blame, and I don't mm-hmm. want people to mishear that or misunderstand it. Um, it's not from a place of blame, but from an instance, as you said, you have all these different dynamics and how people think of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. How do how, how do I think of myself? Again, I'm this is me and my family and my society, my culture, my kingdom over here, and you're not a part of that, and so we're mm-hmm. com- again we're competing for resources. Mm-hmm. Um and in the competition for resources, we do we you know we do these kinds of things to each other, which unbeknownst to us, we didn't realize how harmful it was to us as black people of you know, Africans on the continent, and how harmful that was and what it ended up doing. But I think again to your point to reclaim to you know, to re, to reclaim going. You know, now I'm not powerless. For me, for me, I I, I tend to think of power. I think mean, it's similar to how you think of it. But for me, power is you can have control over my body, but you can never have control over my over my mind, over mm-hmm. what I think, over how I feel, and therefore, in that, my power comes in my ability to choose for myself, right? that I get to Mm -hmm. choose and choosing, I create my results. I create my experience. Um, and so again, do I choose given whatever my circumstances is, my situation is, do I choose to demonstrate my sacred self and my infinite potential that I am as a child of the creator made a stardust? here Mm -hmm. on the planet at this time. Irrespective of what anybody else, how anybody else conceptualizes me, my identity and and, and abilities.
1: Right. And so if someone else could hear that and say, no, I disagree. You three-fifths of a human. You ain't stardust. You ain't infinite potential. You a a dog. Them thinking that Mm -hmm. should not have the impact the the power over your controlling we should have been able to flick them away like a flea like somebody walk up to me right now and say you ain't nothing you just a and you ain't it was, I wouldn't I wouldn't hurt my feelings it would not impact me in any way right I would so quickly dismiss that because i would think of that person as crazy i would think that that person is deranged that person or, or just not even worth evaluating who or why that person is. I would just keep moving about my day. But the the power becomes they think that and then they create infrastructure to operationalize that. Mm-hmm. And then the question is still always like how were able, how were they able to do that? Um and if we don't really answer that question, like if we, we can talk Africa was great and mighty and the kings mm-hmm. and queens and all of that, but if we don't have a good explanation for our young people about how Africa fell so hard, mm-hmm. then it does a disservice to the stories that we're telling. Like if we so great, then why are we losing still? Why are we losing still? And I think the answer to that has to be part of the ways in which, you know, human nature, if you tell the story of the the the, the the kings and queens in Africa that decided to participate in the trade that they at some point got greedy. We're talking generations of somebody, you know, I'm saying, feeding their pockets and their their family benefited from it at the expense of other families, which isn't that much different as a philosophy than what I think a drug dealer in the hood would do. It's they no different say,
0: than capitalism. It's no different than capitalism.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so.
0: so so, you know what, before, because I, I, I think that you're making some wonderful points, insightful points. And so before you finish that, I just wanted to um, uh, actually share a story uh, of my own that was in keeping with what you were talking about, which was um, many years ago at this point is over 20 years ago. Um, I was the, um, the director of the inpatient unit, the acute uh, child and adolescent unit um, at a facility. And, um, one day this, uh, little white boy who was somewhere 18 years old, something like that. And, um, he called me the N word. And mm-hmm. I, so I checked myself to say, how do I, how do I feel about this? And mm-hmm. I realized I felt nothing. And the mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. thing about that was that I felt nothing. And mm-hmm. I, said, <laughs> I said, you know, this, this little one right here, somebody taught him this, taught him this hatred. But number one, um, I'm not losing my high paying job and your fear. Right. The Mm -hmm. other thing, too, that I thought to myself was um, I looked at him and I said, your perception of me does not define my identity. And so, of course, he gave me this little quizzical look and I Mm -hmm. knew he didn't understand what I was saying, which was okay. Maybe he'll get it later. But the point was that, of course, you don't get to define who I am and my possibilities Mm -hmm. because I know what that word means. And because I know what that word means and I know that that's not who I am, I really don't feel any kind of way about Mm -hmm. you calling me that because that's not Mm -hmm. who I am. And that's why I didn't that's why I didn't feel I felt just neutral about him calling me that because I'm like, I know what that word means. That's not, that's not who I am. And mm-hmm. I, and also the other thing I just wanted to comment on too was that obviously you make an excellent point in order for me to dehumanize you, I must lose my humanity in mm-hmm. the process. So right. I then end up becoming the very thing that you say I am mhm in order to treat in order to treat you that way right. so the loss is not the the loss obviously is 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 i may suffer some losses in how i'm treated how i'm harmed i don't lose my humanity
1: in the process but you lose yours in the process mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely.
1: right so yeah. so to to do what they had to do they had to align themselves with some really dark spiritual forces. They had to submit to demons. They had to succumb in a way that made them more like the that demon. dark side. Right, than, than okay. the humans. For us to be able to endure their demonic ways and still love each other and still get married and to still raise babies, knowing that we've given our babies, like that's the epitome of what a human is. Mm-hmm. And so we have to find that frame and realize what power we came from. And then from that, I think that as a platform allows us to really soar in a ways that the other frame, the the, the lost, the, the dehumanized, the three Like if we keep telling the version of the story that they gave to us, mm-hmm. that reinforces their power. I think that I think they love that story. There's the Lynch Museum that won awards for being the best museum I think a year or two ago down in somewhere down south. I would never take is, my kids is, is to a lynching museum.
0: The one, in, museum. Ala-
1: the one in, Alabama? in Alabama. Never take my kids. I would never take my kids to a lynching museum. I don't I don't want to that's that's not the part of the story that I want to capture capitalize, capsulize and, and repeat over and over again. And I know why we do it. That's why it's complicated. I know particularly for like the young people who are disconnected, and the further away we get, the more young people lose the gratitude. Um, I was just watching um, Queen of Katwe with my boys two days ago, he playing mm-hmm. chess. And I wanted him to see like what sacrifice is like, cause because they, they be complaining about going to school all the time and having to read and, and I, and I, I mean, and I try to tell them stories of children around the world that are begging to go to school and would love to switch places with you. Um, yes. But I wanted them to see that movie, I wanted them to watch that film to show like you and your chess club after school and you having fun and you doing what you feel like it, you got little tablets, but there's somebody that, that that carved the, the pieces out of wood, and still mastered this game, despite the circumstances. And their circumstances are much more dire than yours. So we had that conversation watching the movie. We got they got to sort of see a depiction of it. Like, oh man, I, I didn't, they didn't have that image in the, in their brain. And so mm-hmm. I think it's important that as we got young people who have forgotten what we, where we've come from, that this mm-hmm. isn't the right side of the mountain for Black people in this country, mm-hmm. that there's an intention to want to, almost like 9-11, like never forget. We never we, we don't want people to never forget what our ancestors sacrificed. And so from that intention, we tell the lynching stories and we talk about the brutality and we show the images of like the African people getting brutalized and tortured. And that's, and that's what happens in the film. They're almost like really, Passionate about the 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 ugliness and the brutality, and like you know, I'm very careful not to put those images in my brain. I I saw Nat Turner. Uh, I went to Nat Turner for inspiration. I wanted to feel good, and Mm they you know they spent a little bit of time of him fighting back, but they ended the film with mass lynchings. They 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 really dug into the loss. They really wanted us to almost it was almost like a cautionary tale. Mm Like you can do it, but we're gonna get you. Right. And I think that those kinds of the same thing happened in the Will Smith film, Emancipation. Most of the the, the films about slavery, I think, are much more attentive to the struggle and to the brutality and to the torture. And I think that in the mind of the filmmakers, at least some of the black ones, is don't forget what we've been through. I think that's important, um, but I don't know. I don't need to see the gory details of it. But I also think that there is some maybe unspoken intention behind the, the white filmmakers, to be like, let's show him what we did to him, right? And don't, they might not even articulate it in that way, but I think that it comes off in that way. I think it comes off like just in the same message that we always got, which is to be obedient, like be quiet, like I'll show you some rebellion, but I'll show you even more what happens to those who decided to do that. Uh, we need stories of victory and through and through. And even even if there's a loss, because there were lots of losses, those that part of the story, I think that we should deliberately highlight and then diminish the parts of the story that are about struggle so that young people are really like into it. So they can really wanna go back and learn more and study more and learn from the lessons and be inspired by the successes. Um, but I don't think we're doing it. I don't think that we're doing it in that way.
0: Well, I think, um, and obviously to your point, I think part of what's communicated in, in those stories too is also as our resilience. You know, as I like to say, we are still here. Right mm-hmm. So despite mm-hmm. all of that, um, you know we are uh, resilient and we and despite all that they've done to us, we're still here and right. um, and and while we may not be mm-hmm. thriving maximally, um, yeah. there's still uh, a sense that we that we are thriving as a people that our influence on culture, and and people and how they live lives is 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 ubiquitous, right? Yeah. You can find it; it's global. So, right. uh, despite what they've attempted to do, um, you know, we, we still, uh, in our own ways, our culture flourishes. You know, to your point. Well,
1: that's it. So, I think it's, it's so, the so same.
0: I, I want to do this because I want I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of this, which is you started to talk about this, which is. So, what things can, what things do we do Mm -hmm. in order to, in order to, to, you know, in order to change the narrative, in order so that it's uplifting and empowering? And so that it, it, so that it, it, you know, I guess I said it fuels our mental health. What are the things we, what are the
1: things we we can do, need to do? So, so that this, that's the, it is an important message. Despite what happened, we still here is an important message. Um, And I think we need to have that as a part of it. I I just feel like at the exact same time, it's the same coin flipped on its head that because of what we did to fight, we are still here. and It's the same event, same time period, same story. um, But something about focusing on what we did, Mm -hmm. how we came over, Mm -hmm. what we leaned on, what cultural, what spiritual, what community practices we had. Focusing on that part of that, the struggle, mm-hmm. I think gives us more insight into what we can do now that allows us to move forward, building on the the the, the not even just the sacrifice. I almost said building on the sacrifices. I think that's what you know what I'm saying. That's, I'm so used to that language. To build to, to pay the debt out of the duty for the the, the sorrow that they experienced. Is Uh one way of thinking about it. It's the exact same time. It's just the same story flipped on its head that to build on the strengths and to to look at the story to try to find and pinpoint the power that becomes the blueprint for what I can use to inspire myself to grow on, to add to, to, to continue to move forward on top of strength and not on top of sorrow. I just think it's the same story. It's just like it's just a diff, the, the, that, the difference in the frame, I think, leaves yeah. us with more skills, with more inspiration. Because um, mm-hmm. the, the sorrow is like, we still survive. I think that keeps us in survival mode. We survive despite, and we can keep on trudging along and being grateful that we're here. I think it's a different story than like, man, look what we did. And look who we are. That's still in you. Let's add to that. Let's connect to that. And then let's have that flourish in ways that I think could move further. Right. So I think
0: so one we just need to throw off other people's characterization of, of who we are yeah. and and what we did and in, in terms of and what we're able to accomplish. Yeah. Um uh, I I think it I think it begins. I think it begins there. And then I think also again, you're saying is um again the the how we sh- how we share the narrative of the story um needs to move to one of 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 power and responsibility
1: mm-hmm.
0: as opposed to victim and blame
1: mm-hmm.
0: um again not taking away from or diminishing any and maybe uh, even the, difference, the the difference
1: between Resilience and resistance. Same stories. One says you 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 tough enough to make it, and that leaves you thinking I might just keep enduring what they're giving to me now because I'm tough enough to to to, to hold on. Um, but resistance to what's happening gives me a another angle to to see this that. that if I, if I can see the old from a different angle, then I'm able to see the present and the future from that same angle, and I think that moves us past survival, past just hoping the next generation has another opportunity.
0: Right, but to, you know, but to your point, the there's is they say there's a is a beauty in our resistance, right? Um, mm-hmm. I remember that 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 line actually from a, a favorite movie of mine. There's a beauty to your our resistance, and um, um, and in order for us to be here in the way we are, th- that required resistance, you know, mm-hmm. resistance to succumb to your characterization of me and to, and to keep me as a commodity that benefits for your profit, power, and pleasure. There is a, re- there's resistance in, in inherent in that str- in, inherent. And that struggle, right, to be free, to be yeah. a human being despite somebody else's characterization that I'm not. So um, I think that it's I, I think that the other thing, too, that you, you, you were kind of talking about um, alluding to is I think part of the difficulty, though, in terms of why the story gets shared is in order because there's a tendency as you well know in this country it's it's um you know i did it on my own right Mm -hmm. Um, the individual Mm -hmm. and the truth of the matter is nobody gets through this life on their own with no help and no support from anybody else and so when you disconnect especially in this in this country when you disconnect from your identity um, as part of this community, there is tremendous loss. And I remember and mm-hmm. watching some things where, um, some programs where people or movies, where people were trying to pass. It wasn't until I watched those movies, I realized how much they did sacrifice mm-hmm. and the sacrifice for some people was so, because I didn't, wasn't really thinking about it. until I saw the movies. Well, basically you had to cut off anything and everybody from your past, your family, right. friends, everybody, because you didn't want people to find out that you were mm-hmm. of African descent. So th- that is a tremendous sacrifice, both mm-hmm. in in terms of your 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 psyche, um, and even for some people to their mental health to the point where some people, you know, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So, so again, you know, to bring this to to bring this 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 back to then. Again, what things that that you know you think we do that, are, of course, are going to help our that are going to help our mental health.
1: Yeah, I'm um, going give another example. This is new for me. Kind of blew my mind a little bit. So I want to share how my mind was blown the other day. I'm gonna
0: say that's saying something. You got a blown mind. There.
1: It was it was really wild. Right. I went <laughs> yeah. to a lecture last. It was a couple days ago. About a week, almost a week ago. It was about the stories of the freedom seekers that came from the South, a lot in Missouri, Tennessee, uh, that came, some Alabama, Georgia, but they came through Illinois. Um, someone has documented the, their, their, their trek that landed in a lot of the South suburbs, some in, in what is now Chicago. And it was kind of just telling those stories of those of our ancestors who made that trek and connected with the abolitionists and talked about the safe houses and the Underground Railroad in that presence here in this part of the uh, of the state. Um, he said, there's no, there's no document evidence that the way we tell the story of the Underground Railroad trek had anything to do with the spirituals or the quilts. Um, so I started digging. I didn't take this old white man word for what well, I started digging. I started looking to see if anybody has spoken about debunking the myth of the quilts. And I found lots of stuff. People have written extensively on this idea that that's the mythology that people are telling and making lots of money on and making new replicas of quilts, but doesn't really it's not really actually true. Um, okay. So I say that to say
0: because well, in this last in this last minute, like I
1: said, I want to. Oh, we got time. Okay, right. I say this. I say this. To say it's a really complicated ask to talk about this complex history. But the frame that I think is relevant, even with the underground railroad quilts, is that. Um, and I, this is this is what I ask them. I ask them. Does, does that the quilt version of the story do a disservice to what our ancestors really had to go through? Is it an oversimplification? Like, It's part of the power in the story is to really look at what they actually had to do and not the simple sort of storytelling versions of it um, to really honor the sacrifice, to really look at the depth of the brilliance and the, and the camaraderie and the, and the risk that they took. And, and that that's a much more complex story than I think that we're comfortable with and are used to. And I, and I like to, I like to dig into those new nuances was the word you said, because I think in the nuances power, I think in the nuances is, is is sophistication. And I I want to give our ancestors their due diligence for what they really had to endure and what they were really up against. And if that means giving the quilts away, if that means taking away my emotional connection to that story, then I think that's a part of what our black history's acknowledgements should, should be doing. So thank you for, uh, indulging in that
0: though <laughs> uh you you're welcome so i i know you actually have some some programs coming up here real quickly especially in this month because you know you, you 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 moving all around like i said around the country to help uplift up and empower us so you know um just you know share some of those with us for this
1: this this coming month um it's easy to find find, find me on the instagrams facebook's um put my name in obari cartman and i post all the flyers there there's a couple things coming up there's some really cool stuff happening or if you find me at my website um i have a, a list of flyers that i'm gonna send out probably tomorrow mm-hmm. so yeah there's stuff going on that, that i'm doing that other people are doing some really cool stuff happening so if you're interested please tune tune in come find us
0: so you know, again, um, thank you so very much um, for sharing your 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 brilliance and your insights, your nuanced insights, <laughs> <and> understand, <laughs> and understanding. Um, so 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 thank you so much, um, you know, for that. I appreciate you greatly, and of course, I'm you know have you back on the program again uh, soon. I'll be back. Thank you. I hope you have heard some things that uplift, empower you and have expanded your awareness and understanding of, 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 of telling an, a powerful story that that fuels your potential, your possibilities and your mental health. And I'm your host, Dr. Valen A. Durr, awakening and empowering you to live out your infinite potential, to live life. In the sweet spot. I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today in the sweet spot. Share, follow, and like us on social media. To learn more, please visit ballinadermd.com. Spelled B A L I N A D U R R M D dot com. Join us next week and remember when you heal your mind, all things are possible.